whenever I got rejected from a company or a specific position that I was interested in, I would always tell myself, wow, this would be a great story to tell my kids later on. Because at the end of the day, y'all need only one yes, one job, one person to believe in you, and that'll make the difference in the world, especially in your career. You just clicked on Radically Honest Podcast. We're demystifying the keys to success in our digital age through the art of raw storytelling. Welcome back, everyone. It's your host, Assam Lee. And today I am joined with Jonathan Javier. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. So guys, Jonathan is a LinkedIn influencer, I might add. He has nearly 85,000 followers on his network. He's formerly an employee at Snapchat, Google, and Cisco. He's a strategic advisor, and he's the current CEO and founder of One Solting, which is a startup that empowers students and professionals to pursue their dream careers despite being from non-traditional target schools or backgrounds. So Jonathan, can you start us off with some fun facts about yourself? Yeah, of course. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. And I hope your audience can find a lot of value in this talk. But yeah, fun facts about me. So I come from a Filipino background. Uh, you know, I, I graduated from University of California, Riverside, class of 2017. So not too long ago, about three years ago. It's been wow. an experience, right? People think I'm old. I know, right? Uh, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, my birthday is actually next week, which is really cool. So I know, happy, happy early birthday to me. <laughs> um, Congrats. Thanks. But yeah, fun facts about me. I've, yeah, I've, I've worked at companies such as Snap, Google, Cisco. I just completed my 180th speaking engagement in the past. Wow. So I've spoken at like LinkedIn HQ, at Google, Cisco, Microsoft, EA, all these different places, which has been an amazing experience. And I have a dog named Stitch. He's a half pit bull, half Sharpay. He's one of the cutest things I know. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. A little fun facts. That's adorable. The dog comment, I'm sure it gets everyone like asking you to show photos. Exactly. That's why I actually have a stitch in the background. You can't see it here, but I have a stitch in the background of all my meetings. Wow. Amazing. So Jonathan, take us back into your childhood and growing up. You have this passion for entrepreneurship and this almost like energetic ambition for engaging with others online. What catalyzed that for you in your life? Yeah. I just love giving back to others and how it started was, well, actually in high school. So in high school, I wasn't the coolest kid. I actually had you know, depression and anxiety, a ton of it. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because I actually had severe acne and I was obese. But the thing is, I got over that hump and I realized that giving back to the community and helping others is what I truly inspired to do. So when I was in college, I remember that I was getting rejected from all these different companies all my dream companies, like the Deloitte's, the Goldman Sachs of the world. But it was so funny. So I'm like, I was getting everybody else in the companies except me. So what I would do is I'd literally send them all my interview prep materials. I would tell them the questions that I was asked during the interviews and I would get them all jobs. Right. And that's how yeah. I actually found my passion. And that's why I was like, okay, let me go work in corporate. Just learn about how they recruit so I can teach other people how they do it as well. And that's what started Wonsulting. So when I was working at Google, I specifically started Wonsulting, which mission is to turn underdogs into winners. And that underdog mentality has all stemmed from, in regards to my own non-target school background, non-traditional one. And it actually comes from a book called David and Goliath, or 
you can say a fable, right? Basically, the Davids being the clients of the world and getting to their dream careers. It's all about mindset, to be honest. Anybody listening, it's all about mindset in regards to you getting into your career and accomplishing anything. So what was that switch for you that occurred when you realized, I have the tools and resources to get into these dream companies, but there's something that's holding me back personally from achieving that? Or maybe you're just a better coach than an actual you know, <laughs> application yeah. interviewee. Yeah. So I realized that there's so many different things that, about the job search process that people don't know about. I think one part is the mentality piece, which I mentioned. Mm. It's in regards to comparing yourself to other people. So when I was recruiting, I would compare myself to a lot of the people who went to these target schools. And I was like, wow, how can they work at these companies? And I can't. And then I would blame it on my university. But those are external factors that have nothing to do with the work ethic. So that's why your mindset is extremely important. And the people you associate with. I think your five closest friends or people you associate with really reflect who you are because they'll inspire and empower you to get to where you want to get to in your career. So that's the first part. The second part is utilizing unconventional methods. Why I say this is because for all of my jobs, working at Snap, Google, and Cisco, I actually never applied to them. I just used LinkedIn. And they're all through just these unconventional methods, which I share on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram which have helped thousands of people get into the jobs that they've always aspired to get into. So it's by networking. It's not by applying. Networking, utilizing LinkedIn content creation, reaching out to people and not caring if they don't respond because at the end of the day, you'll need one person to respond and one job. So I think that mentality piece and those unconventional methods really did spearhead my career and has helped thousands of other people do the same. That's incredible. The application of your insights in building this now huge brand that is helping so many, so many of your clients reach their dream jobs. And I think that's wonderful. What did you learn from the failures that you experienced initially and how to deal with that, almost build a resilience for it? Yeah. What I say is you never fail if you never stop trying, right? So Mm -hmm. I think what happens is when failure occurs in people's lives, we tend to take steps back and think to ourselves that we're not good enough when in fact you are good enough. You just got to look at that one step back is 10 steps forward, which I always talk about in regards to your career and your life, right? Number two, rejection is redirection. Always redirection. As long as you react to it in the right way. Why I say this is because whenever I got rejected from a company or specific position that I was interested in, I would always tell myself, wow, this would be a great story to tell my kids later on. Because at the end of the day, like I said before, y'all need only one yes, one job, one person to believe in you, and that'll make the difference in the world, especially in your career. And thankfully, I've had more than one person believe in me. And now hundreds of thousands of people do, which I've been able to help them all get into their careers. So always look at failure and rejections as that, and look at it as stories you can tell your kids later on, or stories you can tell your friends. I love what you said about failure being redirection, like one door closing to open another. And I was going to ask you about your why behind one consulting as a brand, but I feel like you already answered that. So I want to point the question to more of how it's evolved over time and if it's maintained the same core mission. Yeah, it's evolved tremendously over time. So one consulting started as an idea in 2019. It was just an idea because I was just like, okay, like, Let's just create this company and see how it goes. Um, And in 2020, 
a lot of people got affected by COVID-19 layoffs and furloughed. I myself got affected by it. I realized that we needed to not only give people hope, but give people actionable steps that would be able to be utilized to get into their careers. So that's why we hosted a bunch of free events, gave so many different free resources. We did a One Sold Thing Project 2020, which gave 4,500 opportunities to students, job seekers, and professionals. We did all these things for our community, and it blossomed because people were like, wow, like, I want to be involved with One Sold Thing. What is One Sold Thing, et cetera. So we've really blown up on LinkedIn and recently TikTok. We actually just got 100K followers in about wow. a month, which is crazy, right? So in a month span, 100K followers. Yeah, like it's just blossomed ever since. But the thing is, I look at growth as not only growth for our company, but growth with a community. I think it's just very important to grow with your community because they're the ones who have supported you since day one. So that's why I literally try to respond to every single message. I try to respond to every single comment. I'm actually behind probably on messages by like 400 messages, but I will eventually get to them. But if it's a good thing in regards to just people reaching out, because when they reach out, then you can be able to get into your career and help them get to where they want to be. Yes. And I think it's interesting that your LinkedIn title, it says, if your goal in 2021 is to get a job, message me and let's make it happen. What have you learned about being compelling online? Not only helpful, but also attracting that immediate pull from the beginning. Yeah, I think it's just very authentic, very good to be authentic online. Why I say this is because like the strategies that I teach people, I've utilized myself, especially in my career. So that's why I post always the stories in regards to how I got into my career. And I give them actual screenshots in regards to how I did it. Like today, I talked about how I met one of my mentors. Her name is Megan Mo Omira. And I actually met her when I got rejected by LinkedIn. And I stayed in touch with her the past three years. And now she's one of my mentors. And she speaks for OneSulting and helps us recruit students and job seekers to get into LinkedIn. Right? So I think that the authenticity is extremely important on LinkedIn. And then also engaging with people. I think it's very important because if someone ever takes 15 seconds to respond to you or send you a message, I think you should take at least 15 seconds to respond. I think that's very important because you give people hope that people are still responding. And that's what I think differentiates consulting because we always try to help every single person, no matter what the circumstance or your background. So that's how it's ultimately blossomed and hopefully we can be able to grow more in the future. Yes, especially with the current 2020 trends of diversity and inclusion and how important it is to target those almost um, underserved communities of people. Did that also tie into your mission as it went into 2020? Yes, 100%. I think it's very important because we see this huge gap of diversity and inclusion, specifically with a lot of tech companies. I remember when I was working in tech, I looked at the statistics and it was very low, specifically for people with POC backgrounds. And if you're being more specific, people from Filipino backgrounds, because that's what I come from. I think people associate Filipinos with Asians, which they do associate with Asians. But Filipinos are very POC background focus because there's not a lot of us specifically in these tech companies. So I think it's very important to not only get them into companies or people from POC backgrounds, but also teach them in regards to how to network, how to salary negotiate. I think what happens with people with POC backgrounds is that they don't negotiate salary because what happens is when they get the offer, they feel like, wow, like I, I don't even know how I got this offer. I'm just going to accept it. But the thing is, Always negotiate your salary, everybody. Always ask. 
because if you never ask, you never know. And if you never ask, the answer is always no. So that's what I think mm -hmm. about diversity and inclusion. Hopefully we can be able to bridge that gap between them and top companies or companies of interest. Absolutely. And the association of circumstantial factors in attributing to one success, whereas you know other people may th see it as internal or personal, I think that does happen more with minorities. And that's something that I think Wensulting really touches on. And so I think a lot of people would be intrigued to see how fast you've grown on LinkedIn as a personal brand and as an entrepreneur brand. And so what unconventional methods would you be exposing to the audience that would be surprising to them in a way? Because I've heard LinkedIn is almost content creation deficient, as in there's so many people on the platform, but there's not a lot of people actually providing value beyond their personal updates. Yes, it's so good. So I think that less than 5% of people actually make LinkedIn content are actually active on the platform. If you're trying to get into your career, but also build a personal brand, you have to post on LinkedIn. I think it's very important because you shouldn't just be posting your announcements. I know a lot of people will post in regards to, I call them, I'm happy to announce posts, which are amazing, right? But the thing is, imagine you providing value or takeaways or giving back to the community through your content. So why I personally create content on LinkedIn is because I give a different perspective in regards to how I got into my career, but also exemplifying a lot of the thousands of success stories that Wonsulting's had. I tag everybody who gets a job from Wonsulting. I notice a lot of people, specifically those who are technically career coaches, I don't consider myself a career coach, honestly. I hate the word ca uh, career coach. Um, <laughs> but I think that a lot of people don't exemplify the stories enough because what you need to do is exemplify those so other people can be like, wow, I want to reach out to this person and be just like them. So I try to exemplify their stories because their stories are underdog turn winner stories. And I want other people in our communities to reach out to them in order for them to get into their careers as well. So that's a little bit about those unconventional methods. Oh, and then last but not least, engaging with other people's content who are in your niche. I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. And also having very clean content. Like, Desant, like honestly, Desant, your, your podcast is absolutely amazing. I think that Thank your you. content is next level. It's great, uh, especially infographics and all that. Um, like that, for example, is very important, especially when you're trying to grow, because that exemplifies your personal brand and why people want to be, for example, in your case, on your podcast or want to work with you. You know what I mean? So mm. um, I would say those two things are very important. Yes, you touched on something so essential with kind of new generation content creators and also consumers, which is our attention span. I feel like it's decreasing like over time. And the little bite-sized morsels that you provide have to be worth their time, but also easily digestible. So I think that's something you do really well. You guys have to check Jonathan out on LinkedIn for his career advice. There's a lot of it consistently. Do you ever struggle with consistency or the, the almost like pressure to constantly perform on your profiles? Yeah, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do, to be honest. It's not always uh, blue skies, everybody. Always remember that. But the thing is, what I want to tell y'all, if you're making content, it's okay to honestly post the same content. I honestly, people aren't going to remember too much about it. And why I say this is because like every three months, I will make some of the content the same as like, let's say I did something in October. I'll make something the same as January, but I'll change a few words. Right? Because your following stream or followers are always going to be different. right? So I think that's very important. Another thing as well is to cross-post. 
So before I wouldn't do this. I'd only post on LinkedIn, but now I literally post on TikTok and then I'll translate it to Instagram and I'll start a series on Instagram and then I'll put LinkedIn and then I'll go LinkedIn to Instagram. So I cross post throughout all the different platforms that makes your life so much easier. I think that mm -hmm. part and then also having like a series. So for example, like, let's say that every Monday you post something motivational for motivational Monday on your platforms. I think series are very easy to keep consistent on, especially for your content, which allows you to not just have to think all the time in regards to, oh crap, what am I going to post today? You can always think about that topic and then post about it. So mm -hmm. that's what I would say if you're trying to be consistent. Last but not least, if you can't think of anything, it's okay not to post in the day. It's totally fine. No one's going to judge you and be like, Jason, like, I didn't see you posted a podcast today. Like, I'm going to unfollow you. No, no one's ever going to do that. So always remember that. That's wonderful. I think a lot of people worry about that opportunity cost. But at the end of the day, as long as your content is genuine, people don't want to see you know something that is simply robotic or automated in a way. So I think you do a great job of simplifying that process by categorizing and pro providing themes but also being consistent. When you look back at, you know, you haven't been outside of college too many years, but in that short amount of time, you've accomplished so much, Jonathan, and I think a lot of people would agree. So could you tell us a story where you faced adversity regarding perhaps consulting or your post-grad endeavors, anything like that? Yeah, so what I would say is one part was when I was actually at Snapchat and this was post IPO. So post IPO Snapchat wasn't doing good. Um, it's doing good now. So I'm very happy for them. But yeah, I still remember I was there for eight months and our team actually got outsourced, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was like kind of the end of the world. I was like, wow, when am I going to ever get into tech? Right. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is when you face adversity, you've got to utilize it to motivate you even more as intrinsic motivation. All right. So what I did was I posted on LinkedIn in regards to me getting outsourced as the only person who actually posted about it got basically outsourced at Snap. And I strategically posted it once the article came out in regards to them laying off people. And I had like 10 companies hit me up, like 10 hiring managers, which was crazy, right? So that's how I got back into my career and was able to accomplish XYZ. So always remember everybody, when adversity happens in your life, Utilize it as motivation to tell yourself, wow, I'm going to prove to so many people that I can get into my career or accomplish things in my life by taking this extra steps. So yeah, that's how I face kind of adversity from my job search. I think that's very important. And then another thing as well, just growing one consulting. Mm -hmm. Why I say this is because when I was working at Google, I actually couldn't really balance the two between consulting and, and working. So that's why I decided to make kind of a pivot in regards to leaving the company and then working at Cisco where I worked a lot remotely. So I was able to balance it way easier. And people always ask me that question, like, why did you leave to go to Cisco? And it's the reason why, because I was able to balance it way easier than I did before. Mm. So a lot of people say that when you're an entrepreneur, you have to prioritize your well-being first and foremost because of mindfulness and being balanced with your time and your time management is such a vital part of your product output and its success as well. So what did that adversity teach you about self-investment? Yeah, self-investment is so important. But mental health is even more important. 
I think what happens in today's society is that we go on social media all the time and then we compare ourselves to other people, especially when we are down on ourselves or we experience rejections. We then go look at other people and see that they're successful and we're like, what the heck? Why is it not happening to me? But instead of looking at those people who are successful and being jealous of them or comparing yourself to them, reach out to them. Ask them for help. Because the worst thing that can happen is when you ask for help is they don't respond. But the best thing that can happen is you get someone who will respond to you, which can ultimately help you in your life and your journey. And they can become mentors and champions for you. So remember to take social media breaks. What I like to say all the time is I personally actually don't really look at Instagram stories of other people too much because I just waste too much time, I think, personally. So uh, I try to allocate my time towards things that need time. All right. So always remember that. And lastly, like honestly, anything that you have, you need time for, you can make time for. Always remember that. You can take two minutes out of your day from taking a shower, right? 30 minutes out of your day from sleeping in. And then you can allocate that towards something that needs time. So always remember that. You bring up a really valuable point of investing in yourself as a way to bring back that energy in the future, because a lot of people take time as a wasted commodity and then they feel so bad about it. But if you are investing in your well-being, then that's always going to return on your output. So that's a great thing to reiterate. And on the topic of making hard decisions, when you were choosing to leave Google and go to Cisco, I think it's so interesting because especially on LinkedIn, a lot of people may associate their identity, their self-worth to the company that they're tied to. How did you break free of that to find that intrinsic motivation to go beyond that company? Yeah, I think that... It's very important, everybody listening, that you work at a company, not because of the company name, but because of the values. I think what happens is, especially when working in these big corporate companies, that people associate you with the company rather than who you are. I think what happened when I was there, if I'm being transparent, is that I lost myself in regards to who I was because people would say, oh, this guy works at Google rather than, oh, this guy started consulting. You know what I mean? So I wanted to change that mindset of people who looked at me and that personal brand, right? So that's why I distance myself from the corporate world now in regards to how people identify me as, but now I associate myself as CEO, founder of OneSulting. You see what I mean? Because mm -hmm. yeah, when I was working in corporate, like at Snap, Google, Cisco, I'm telling you to some, I would get so many messages of people just asking me for referrals and just saying, hey, how do I get into the company, et cetera, right? And it would honestly be a toll on my mental health. So that's why it's important to kind of distance yourself between the corporate companies and your own personal brand or self-image, because that'll make a difference, especially with your mental health. Do you think that now that people associate you with Juan Sulting, everything you do almost reflects on Juan Sulting as well? Do you find that pressure almost? Yes, yeah, so def definitely. I've been more conscious of it too as well, especially throughout the past two years. So I'm very cautious of exactly like what things entail in regards to me posting on social media, but I always express who I am. Like I will never just talk about the successes that I've had. I will talk about the failures because I think what happens is on social media, all we see is success. All we see are the sunflowers. I don't even know the saying, the flowers and the, and the roses and the grass. I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> we always see only the sunny skies, right? But the thing is, always remember there are rainy days in life. But the thing is, I love to exemplify both because I want people to know that success is never linear. 
you have to go through challenges and rejections to get to where you want to be. And if you ask anybody who's successful, they'll tell you the same thing. So if it's not linear, what kind of path do you think it follows? Do you think it's more of like a steady, steady consistency and then like a a spike or what have you experienced? It's basically like an earthquake (laughs) up and down, yeah, honestly. So um, yeah, especially in your career and life, you're going to experience those up moments, those down moments, but it's how you react to the down moments that keep you up. I think that's very Mm -hmm. important. Another thing as well is I stress this all the time. The people you associate with, like I am telling you, the people you associate with literally matter so much because when I was like a freshman in college, I was super distracted by just doing other things that weren't focused on my career. But then when I shifted in regards to who I associated with, I realized that those people were the ones who were inspiring and empowering me to get into my career and be a better person. So that's what I would say, especially if you are trying to be successful. And then last but not least, always remember that success is not based on society. Success is based on your own definition. What happens is we will base success on what society thinks success is, when in fact, you can be successful doing anything. You could be successful working at a fast food restaurant. You can be successful working at a Facebook. But the thing is, you define success. So everybody always remember that. Hmm, that's really great. And lately, I've been thinking about this a lot, how entrepreneurs specifically need to focus sometimes more on the who's and not the how's. And so when you're building a team, it's so important that those people that you're surrounding yourself with are incredibly aligned with your values, are bringing something to the table that you perhaps like lack in, et cetera. So tell us a little bit about your experience as CEO and founder, recruiting a team that is pushing you toward you know your greatest potential. Yeah, so I think your team is very important, not just as a CEO or entrepreneur, but also in corporate or like work life. It's very important. I think your team is what makes or breaks you. So my team right now, I think we have over 14 people now. It's been an amazing experience so far, but each and every one of them brings something to the table that they're not only passionate about, but they love turning underdogs into winners and have their own underdog turn winner story. So I can always rely on them in regards to if I have a question in regards to marketing, if I have a question in regards to partnerships, I can always rely on them to ask them a question and they'll know the answer. Same thing, it goes with corporate and working as a professional, right? Your team really does identify exactly how your experience will be in that company. The thing is, like, if you enjoy your team, you're going to have fun, right? You're going to be more positive in life. But the thing is, if you don't like your team, Imagine you going back home and let's say you have a significant other or your family, it's going to translate directly to how you interact with them. I think that's what happened a lot to me, especially working in different companies. I I saw that I was happy one day, but then when something bad happened at work, I would be upset. You know what I mean? So make sure that the people you associate with reflect who you are, but at the same time, uplift you and make you happy. Life's about being happy, everybody, right? So be happy, be merry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, especially with the holiday season that just wrapped up. I think a lot of people realize that, how important it is to take a step back and pause and appreciate the little things in your life and your personal relationships. So with balancing, how do you make sure you have enough time between work and play? Because I feel like your brand is also very humorous. It's very laid back and it's something refreshing to a lot of people. How do you practice that in your own life? Yeah, what I'd say is 
I try to not have any meetings before 10. Like, I will usually not have any meetings before 10 because I'm super wholesome in the morning. Um, and then also just, like, listening to podcasts, like, catching up on some work things, etc. So I think that's very important. Another thing as well is, like, after work, I'll be sure to, for example, either work out or talk with a friend or do something wholesome again. All right? So people think I'm super busy. I am a little busy, but I'm not super, super busy where I'm working like 24 seven. So always remember that to balance your time, because if you're just working 24 seven, you're just going to burn out. Be sure to have fun. Sometimes go eat some fast food. I don't know. That's why I try to eat out like once a week because treat yourself, you know, treat yourself mm-hmm. from a good week. Always remember yeah. that. Just for the thrill of it. You're just like, got to change it up sometimes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> What's your favorite fast food restaurant? Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite fast food, it's not really fast, but I like I love pokey. I've been getting these things, these double dip chocolate donuts from this place mm. in Santa Monica, which is like super bomb, super bad for you. But uh, <laughs> I'd say those two. Wow, that sounds amazing. I am also a big fan of poke bowls. So when you think about your humanity and how you reflect that onto your audience and just points in your career journey where you felt extremely empathetic for others or extremely connected to a specific struggle, do you have any poignant moment that stands out to you as almost a turning point in your life? Yeah. So what I would say a a huge turning point in my life was just getting rejected from a lot of the companies that I always aspired to get into. Let's just, I'll give this story actually. So when I was trying to work at Goldman Sachs, I actually didn't want to work there. I, society was telling me like, Jonathan, if you get into Goldman Sachs, like you are prime top candidate at UCR, like you are the top of the top. So I was like, oh, I want to be the top of the top. When I went there, I flew out twice, like twice. I flew out there, I didn't get an offer. I made the final round twice and didn't get it. And then that's when I realized I was like, sometimes the company, sometimes it's just not a mutual fit. It's sometimes just a one way street. But the thing is, do you want to work at that company or do you want to work at that company because society tells you to? So that's when it changed and I shifted in regards to, okay, like maybe I don't want to work here. I want to work in tech. And that's why I aspired to always get into tech. But I always thought that you had to get into finance and accounting first before going into a tech company. But like I said before, it's what society deems successful and it's your mindset. You got to utilize those unconventional methods to get to where you want to be because that's where, you, that's where you're going to end up. Yeah, it's interesting because I saw that you got your undergraduate degree in finance. And it's so different from what you're doing now. Did you find personal branding and, you know, digital media growth and strategies? Was that something you cultivated as a hobby initially? Yeah, I just love doing it. Like the only reason why I declared finance, and this is actually a perfect definition of why your background doesn't define you, nor does your major. I just did finance because I sucked at it. That's literally why. Like I wasn't good at finance. I actually declared that during my senior year, second quarter. So super late. But yeah, I just love doing marketing. And I love strategizing in regards to how to think outside the box in order to grow brands. So I've always thought of myself as someone who does marketing. I literally make social media content, which is marketing, basically. So um, yeah, that's what I I would say. It, It came up as a hobby, but now it's translated a lot to consulting's mechanisms and how it's grown. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I I think you've been successful because of your passion. Like that's been almost the fuel to the fire. And I think that's so important for anyone looking for their role in their company or career. If 
find something you're truly passionate about and that excites you in the morning. Exactly. I have a que- I have a random question, but when you wake up in the morning, what is like the first thought on your mind that excites you about the day ahead of you? Yeah, the, the thing that excites me the most is what am I going to accomplish today that's different than yesterday? I always try to identify exactly what I want to accomplish every single morning in regards to what I want to do, let's say in regards to consulting or in regards to working out or fitness or eating healthy. I think it's very important to identify what you want to accomplish every single day and accomplish that goal. And that's why I'm going to actually document my life every day now. Um, cause I just bought a camera from uh, Best Buy. It's coming today. Woo-hoo. So yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just very important everybody to identify what you want to accomplish every single day, because if you have no goal for the day, you're just going to be going through the day like another day. Every day is something different. And every day you should be doing something that makes a difference. Yes. So when you look at your personal and professional growth over the years, are there specific mindset shifts that stand out to you that were really valuable in how you approached specifically problems and challenging tasks? Yeah. So what I'd say is, because before I'd be super intimidated Actually, I'll give this example. I, I used to be super intimidated uh, during phone chats, so coffee chats, because I was like, wow, this person from Deloitte is talking to me, or this person from Google is talking to me. But then I realized that instead of being scared or nervous during these calls, I instead became super excited and happy because number one, no one would ever get on a call with you if they didn't want to help you. I always remember that. They're taking their time out of their busy schedule to speak with you in regards to something that they might be passionate about or you might be passionate about. So always remember that. So when I reached out to people, that's when I realized the people who responded were the ones who ultimately cared about me. And what I did was I considered them friends, not connections. And that's how I've met so many friends through LinkedIn and other platforms. And that's when I shifted my mindset from connecting with someone to gain opportunities versus connecting with someone to be friends with them. I think that's a very important mindset to shift. Yes. I've heard that networking is the adult form of making friendships, which I think is really funny, especially for people that find it very intimidating, especially when you're a young college student looking to get that coffee chat with someone you're trying to impress. So definitely. Actually, one of my favorite posts from Juan Solting was the, like, tell me you have interview anxiety without telling me you have interview anxiety. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. (laughs) And it's crazy how relatable these experiences are. A lot of people don't talk about it. It's not a huge topic of, oh, you know, being worried that you're going to get ghosted from a recruiter or fearing that you're not good enough for this role. But I think LinkedIn, Juan Solting, your brand, everything is essentially to flatten that curve of learning and understanding each other in a way. It's like a community of, self-growth and supporters. So I think that's really great. So when people look at you on social media, this LinkedIn influencer, CEO, founder, like entrepreneur, and you know, glorify you in a way, what key differences between the life you show on social media and the life you show to yourself, like in, in real life would surprise people? Surprise people? Oh, that's a good one. So I would say I, I'm very like transparent. So usually in real life, uh, I'm very, it's the same on social media. So usually that's the case. One thing I, I used to post a lot about, but I don't anymore because I just usually talk about like, words of wisdom is like, I love working out. Like I actually lost 35 pounds in the past mm. year and a half. Well, it was actually mostly in like three months, like in 20, late 2019, mm. but I love working out. I think it's, it's very important uh, to stay fit and eat healthy. 
So I think that part was extremely important that I don't really post too much about on social media anymore. But yeah, another surprising thing as well, like honestly, it's just all about eating healthy, making new friends. I'm just trying to think, yeah, I'm usually super transparent on social media. I will never do some, post something on social media that I'm not in real life. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's how I think personally. Because I think it's just important, like you said before, to be genuine and authentic. Mm-hmm. Completely agree with that. What are some things about entrepreneurship that might surprise people that don't understand the complexities and hard work that it really takes when, especially when you're beginning something from scratch, those early stages? Yeah, I'd say like, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, I personally recommend being an entrepreneur at first. The reason why I say this is because if you want to be successful, I know a lot of like, it says 90% of small businesses fail. But the thing is like, imagine you work at a corporate company or a company that literally has what you are trying to build and you replicate it, but in your own twist. I think that's super important to do. And that's what I did, especially going to entrepreneurship. I joined a company. I learned about how they recruited. I learned about how they did XYZ. And then I translated it to consulting. So always remember that entrepreneurship is something that's really good. And last but not least, of course, like you're going to deal with challenges throughout your career in regards to entrepreneurship. But the thing is, that's very common for entrepreneurs. Like, there's no way to avoid the humps in the road. But the thing is, what you can avoid are the the mindset piece in regards to you staying down on those humps. So Mm -hmm. that's what I would say about entrepreneurship as a whole. And as a leader, when do you know to go with your gut and instincts for a decision versus talking to a lot of people that have also experienced entrepreneurship or leading organizations like yourself? Yeah, I think that it just comes with practice and spontaneously making those decisions. Like I'm a very spontaneous person in regards to, for example, like let's just say our last YouTube lead, our YouTube lead actually she's right now. I was just, I honestly had a hunch feeling that she was going to be good and she's been amazing ever since, right? Same thing with making decisions in regards to like hosting events, right? Like we were kind of some of the first people to host events when COVID happened and like bring actual speakers that students and job seekers wanted to listen to. And we made that decision spontaneously. I think it's very important to have both calculated decisions and spontaneous ones, because if you're not spontaneous, sometimes you'll miss out as being kind of the first movers, as I love to say. But if it's a huge decision in regards to renovating the whole entire company, you have to make a calculated decision. You should ask your teammates, you should ask advisors in regards to what they think. Because they're probably experts in that field and they've probably been through what you've already or are going to experience. When you're reaching out to people on LinkedIn, is there any surprising encounter that you've had that was just so incredible? Like the return on your investment of time in that conversation? Because right now, like so many people do like flood inboxes, just reaching out for coffee chats or one-on-one connections. And it's quite interesting. Yeah, I would say that the best way to reach out for anybody who's reaching out to someone is ask them how you can help them rather than you asking them, how can they help you? I think what happens is a lot of people hit me up and I was like, Jonathan, I need help. Give me a job, whatever. I know it has in my headline now, but like literally he'll like, give me a job, right? But the thing is, if you change that mindset and you, instead of asking what people can do for you, ask what they can do, what you can do for them. I think it's very important because I don't have a lot of people who ask me, Jonathan, what can I do for you? And that's what you should do to professionals because that just changes the whole entire perspective. A lot of people have asked me how, what they can do for me. They've become a lot of my mentees and they're the ones who actually land the offers at their dream companies. 
a lot of them, like every single day, Saab, like I get a success story of someone getting a job, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. So it just shows that we're making a difference. But always remember everybody, ask how you can help them rather than how they can help you. And it changes the conversation dramatically. Absolutely. I think I heard Gary V mentioned that or something in his Instagram DM strategy. And I thought it was quite interesting because he he had like a very specific tactic. He was like, go into the Instagram DMs and literally like create something that could be beneficial to them or find an article or something and provide proof of that willingness to help before they even look at your profile or introduce yourself to them. I think that is a really compelling piece that a lot of people don't conventionally do. And are you currently working full-time as well as operating the startup full-time? Oh, I, I do once only full-time. Yeah, oh, once only full-time. Uh, July, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what I was thinking. And I was going to ask you, when do you know to make that leap of faith into quitting like a stable, you know, uh, reliable source of income into something that is a little bit more on the beginning stages? Or not oh, beginning, I, but yeah, less what established. Yeah, what I say is, you already know when it's a decision. Like, honestly, like I already knew for like right in the beginning when it all happened, I was like, okay, this is going to be a full time, this is going to make you full time eventually. If you're an entrepreneur listening to this, you're going to feel that same way, that hunch feeling. And when you get that hunch feeling, do it. Ask your mentors in regards to what you're thinking, and they'll probably agree with you in the same way. I also think, as well, if you want to be stable, always remember to have. For example, like be saving money from your corporate job or have a consistent streamline of what you need specifically every week in terms of rent, food, etc. And then make that leap. Because I think what happens is people will make the leap, but they're not profitable. They have no revenues, for example. So always remember to make the leap, but make a calculated decision based off that leap. Mm -hmm. Yes. And kind of as you close here, Jonathan, the one thing that's been actually like really on the, on my mind is when you work with people that you're extremely close to, like personally, really, really good friends, how do you differentiate work from friendship without, you know, constantly berating each other with, oh, do this task, do this task, et cetera? Yeah. I actually struggle with this currently because I have friends who always ask me for advice and it's kind of hard sometimes to differentiate. You give them free advice or do you charge them, right? <laughs> so um, I actually struggle with this a lot. So usually I just give them like articles and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if another thing as well, everybody, like if you have a service and you have a friend who asks in regards to the service, I mean, a lot of people give discounts to their friends. I personally think that your friends should be paying full price for your services. Why I say this is because if they're your friend and support your business, they shouldn't be asking for a discount. That's what I personally believe. Uh, I think that they should be even giving you more donations. <laughs> but yeah, I would say that friendship versus like what I say all the time is, especially for clients that I work with, like, honestly, you can get a job without my help, like with all the free resources we give. But if you want me to hold your hand and get you there, then I will. But if like, if I could do it for free to some, like I would do it for free, but like, obviously I live in, I, I, I need to write <laughs> yeah. I, I pay for things, necessities in life. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much, Jonathan, once again. Final question here. What raw and stripped down advice would you give young emerging entrepreneurs that are extremely hungry to succeed in this industry that you're in or people that are simply looking to land their dream job? Yeah, what I'd say for entrepreneurs out there, don't be afraid to reach out to people. 
reach out to people that you are look up to. That's very important. Reach out to them and just ask them for help. Literally ask about their story. The worst thing that can happen is they just don't say anything, but they will probably respond and they will respond because they'll probably picture themselves as you from a few years ago. So if you're an entrepreneur, don't be afraid to reach out to people. For your people who are trying to land their dream job, reach out to people as well on LinkedIn, but find a common ground with people. That can be in regards to your name. It could be in regards to your alumni. It could be a parts of organizations. Just reach out to people and network. I like to say, don't apply, get referred. Get referred first or get recommended for roles before applying. But if you can't, just apply. Because what I want y'all to do is ultimately get interviews. And I don't want you to waste time just simply applying and never getting callbacks. So I'd say those two things for entrepreneurs and job seekers. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It's been an absolute pleasure. I think we have learned so much from this talk with you today. How can everyone support you and Winsulting on all of your platforms? Where can they find you? Yeah, so thanks for having me. Definitely add me on LinkedIn, just Jonathan Javier. Send me a personalized invite saying you listen to this podcast. I'm also on Instagram as Jonathan Words of Wisdom. And then we also have our accounts for Wansulting on Instagram and LinkedIn. And then I also have TikTok. I actually run the Wansulting TikTok, so it's just Wansulting. So definitely check it out there. And we have a lot of resources, whether it's in regards to free resources or services or even our course, which is on Wansulting.com. Perfect. And guys, uh, Jonathan Javier is spelled Jonathan, two A's. Uh, J-A-V-I-E-R. And then Juan Solting is like consulting with a W at the beginning instead. Exactly. So guys, we have an episode releasing every Tuesday on RadicallyHonestPodcast.com at RadicallyPod on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, follow us on our LinkedIn and Facebook pages as well. So thank you so much, Jonathan, once again, and hope everyone has a wonderful day. Bye guys. Yeah,